Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 301. My name is Brando. It's an Atlantic City review. Might be part one. We'll see if it's part two. We actually might get another fan mid-interview if he responds on Twitter who volunteered to talk about night two. We'll see what it's like. But what I do know right now, I'm joined by John. What's going on, John? Who's on a couch in Levittown. Yeah. What's up, Brando? I like your usual weekend shirt. Thank you. Where did you get that shirt? Is that from Hot Topic or is that from a show? No, I bought this uh, from eBay about a month ago. Nice. Very good price. Official, too. I think, honestly, my first GNR shirt purchases were off eBay. So they were like vintage because I was too young to get them. So right on. Uh, And then we got Joe Feeney, the third. Do we say the third? We can say the third. It's all good. Am I giving out too much information about you? No, as long as we know to start. Don't ask me my social security number. Okay. (laughs) And and, and Joe, if you're watching on Zoom and our YouTube channel, he, he looks like he's going to be playing, you know, the U.S. tournament of poker on ESPN. And I got to ask, because you sound better than me right now. You, you sound like you have a podcast set up. I think you do. Yeah, I work on a lot of shows. If anyone's a, a pro wrestling fan, I work on a show with uh, WCW guys from back in the day, Conan and uh, Disco Inferno. I work on Raven show. He was an ECW guy. And uh, I have a network of shows. There's a few wrestlers on there. There's a comedy show, sports shows, things like that. So, yeah, I've been uh, it kind of I kind of fell backwards into it, but it's been it was a hobby that turned into a job about about seven years now. Wow. Good for you, man. Yeah, we got to talk. I I appreciate both of you and all the listeners who have reached out for these review shows. It's just I say it all the time, but it's been a pleasant surprise. I wish I did it earlier. We'll do more of you know, past, whether it's just the actual current tour, uh, future tours, or just old shows to talk about, old, you know, Aussie shows, old UK shows, just to get fans more and more involved. But Joe, I, you've been uh, also just been a fan for a while, recognize your name from social media. And I know you've been want, on, wanting to be on for a while. So I'm glad it finally worked out. So, yeah, um, I think this was like the thing I said, the last review, like an old listener, Joe Feeney, and then we got, I don't know when you found me, John, but I, I don't know how. Uh, you, I found it a while ago. Okay. But, uh, Facebook, you know, but I got going with uh, all your last uh, reviews, the fan reviews. So I decided to get in touch with you. Cool. Thank you. And I, again, I encourage, I, uh, especially my, and I'm proud of my female fan base. It's not all dudes, just so you know. Yeah. That listens to the appetite for distortion program. <laughs> it happens. So, uh, any anyone who wants to be on the show who wants to talk about Guns N' Roses can. So, we're going to talk about night one, night two. We're only going to talk about and respect, and we'll leave this as a big fat teaser, which you probably already know uh, if you're a Guns N' Roses fan. By the time I put this podcast out, that when they played "Don't Cry" the second night, 
Axel spoke about Izzy. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about how hard school is in the mainstream news now. Right before I started this podcast, guys, I saw it. Blabbermouth made an article about it. I don't know if you saw this, so we're going to talk about that. So we'll do kind of like a shotgun news thing. Uh, I don't have the soundbite queued up, but we'll do that. So uh, I know you guys didn't go together. And before, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just get my bullshit out of the way because I want to hear more about what you guys have to say. The only reason I didn't go was just because this would uh, that would have been my third and or fourth shows. And in a 5,000 seat venue, just too expensive for me. I uh, I, yeah, I work in radio, but I'm not Howard Stern. I just don't have that kind of money. I just don't. Uh, but what I did do is I got tickets to go to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just for like 100 something, as opposed to the two or 300, I would have had to pay for Atlantic City. So we'll talk about Baltimore another time. So um, let's start with you, John, because I, I think you were the first one to reach out about this specific episode. Okay. Where were your seats? Like, did you get tickets? Like, when did you get these tickets? How long okay. ago? I got these tickets about a couple of weeks after MetLife Stadium. So you went to MetLife just like yeah, I did. MetLife August 5th. And I think a week and a half later, I got these tickets. I wasn't going to go because of the prices. But like I said, it's like they always lure you in Guns N' Roses. So I thought I have to go to this. It's, it's close enough. So I got the tickets. I paid, paid a good price. You know, uh, my seats were in the 200s off to the side. I was on like basically Duff side. Okay. You know, but they kept switching all night. So it was pretty good. But even Slash came to my side a lot. It's the most time I've seen them switch in a long time. Hmm. You know? You know, it's funny that you're like other fans who brought this up. Something I never thought about was the sides that they're on. What side of the stage are you looking for? Because, <laughs> yeah, they do switch, but you're right. Slash is usually mainly on one side, Duff is usually on the other. And it's just something I never didn't occur to me until started doing uh, doing these review episodes. Did you go with anyone? Because uh, that's yeah. always a problem. I, I I know for me until I found my fiance, who's willing to <laughs> go with me all the time. So who did you go with? I went with uh, my girlfriend. That's a good girlfriend. Yeah. Is she as big of a fan as you are? Uh, no, she's like more into Brett Michaels, but uh, she uh, <laughs> she likes Guns N' Roses too. But I'm a mega fan and. Uh, we stayed over the night. I mean, we got there about 2.30 in the afternoon. Then we just hung out on the boardwalk. We drank a little in the hotel. And, you know, she got some shirts on the boardwalk. And we had dinner at the Hard Rock Cafe. And uh, we stayed at the next hotel over, the showboat. Mm -hmm. so I didn't want to stay at the Hard Rock because they, they uh, charged $200 more for the night. Okay. So... Okay. It was all right. It was a nice day to talk. You know, go to the boardwalk. It's a beautiful day, so it's fun. Know, it it seemed like you took advantage of it. You really did, and that's why you. Yeah. If you're gonna go to a show like that, it's not just yeah. Go to the show itself. That's that's more than obvious. But to enjoy the full day of it and the shore and everything that you took advantage, you get it. You know, you you're you're in New York. You you know. Uh, so Joe, where were your had you been to any shows previous on this leg? Like John said, he was at MetLife. Was this your first one or you were at one before? Yeah, I was at Hershey. 
I, I went to the tour opener, which if, you know, everyone listening is a hardcore fan, I'm sure sometimes the tour opener isn't as strong as you might like it to be. So yeah, let's talk about, uh, I was there. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, that I don't want I don't want to come on a bad mouth. That just wasn't one of the better shows that I've been to, you know, it was still great to be there. The crowd energy, everything was great. Uh, but I knew they were working out some kinks, but I, I had tickets to AC. I bought them around the same time I bought the Hershey tickets and I, I went kind of, uh, because of the reason you said, you know, the smaller venue. I saw them at um, at the uh, was it the House of Blues years ago in in AC twenty twelve. I think it was the House of Blues. Yeah. So being in smaller venues with with that band, I mean, I know how great it was going to be. And uh, we were in general admission. We get, we walked in uh, kind of early, so we we were on the rail in general admission. Uh, we were there for about a half hour before uh, before Wolfgang Van Halen started. So okay, very cool. Yeah, we did a review on that Hershey. That's where it, it kicked off, obviously, the first show. And technical issues, but, I mean, wow. Just when you see Axel's attitude from that one and the frustration that was happening, but he fought through everything and how that's just continuously progressed, I think, every single show. Yeah. I think it's been something interesting to see and, and hear from doing these review shows, to hear the progression from that that uh, that Hershey Park first, first show. So, uh John, you were there all day. Um, Joe, you were there early enough to see Wolfgang, mm-hmm. right? So actually, you know, before you even get to for, uh, the show itself, Joe, you were obviously not deterred from seeing them, even though that first show was not your favorite. No, I, I wasn't. And like I said, being, being in that GNR fan circle, you know, I kind of had misgivings before her show. I was like, oh, either, either they're going to be really sharp and prepared or it's going to be that, they're they're working into the groove kind of thing and it just that's just the way it went um you know it was still guns and roses show and uh i I, like i said that's a some people don't like stadium shows i like hershey so i was glad i was there in uh, 2017 as well so i was glad to return there and see them again uh it didn't deter me but i i got it before we went i was a little shaky you know like oh man i hope it's i hope they got it going now you know and and it was like a complete 180 from Hershey. It really was from the start. I was like, man, this is unbelievable. Like how different he sounded and how different the band, how tight the band was, you know, it was, it was great stuff. And John, what was the, the like the main factor for you going? Because this is the first time and what's exciting. I've, first of all, I've never been to three shows on a tour, but I had never been to two. And I found myself, I could have said, okay, I, got, I saw them once, MetLife Stadium. Why do I need to see again? Especially, I mean, yeah, they debuted hard school, so there aren't the same kind of, um, that, that old tired, what I believe is an old tired uh, argument now, but the set list, I think they do enough with it that is, is different uh, currently. But a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I saw them once. I don't need to see them again. What made you want to one, see them one, again? One, one second, though. Sorry to interrupt, but I don't uh, want, like, you'll find, yourself on, you'll find yourself on Blabbermouth next. You said they debuted hard school and you met absurd. So it's oh, okay. I said <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what I, people are, they played hard school. What? You know, so <laughs> thank you for correcting me. That's I think I need to hire you. I need to be like Raven. I need to hire you as a producer. That's what I need yeah. to have happen. No, yeah, when they obviously debuted uh, absurd. Yeah. So there were things to look forward to. Okay, what else are they gonna do? But I didn't know that, obviously. Um, so John, did, like, was there, what was the motivating factor to see them in Atlantic city again, to see them again, you know, not to say I was disappointed in MetLife, but it, it wasn't what I expected. They were good, but I think 
that's it was more of a celebration. MetLife was like parking lot, everything partying, and you know, I, the sound outside was in MetLife. I didn't like the sound. I mean, and I wanted to see. I knew uh, Atlantic City would be better inside five thousand, six thousand people indoors. I knew it would be better, and it was much better. Sounds like you both were were right, and that and that makes absolute sense. So, what did you guys think of of Wolfgang? I'm glad you know he's back. You know, on the road, no more no more issues. I, I think he's just uh, awesome, and I hope to get him on the podcast one day. So, I'm just want to keep talking about him as he uh, continues to do his thing. So, what do you guys think of Wolfgang and, and Mammoth? Uh, well, they opened in Hershey as well. It was my first experience with them. I know it was their first live show anyway, right? So uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have the record. I don't know that much about about him and, and the band. But both times I saw them, they were very, very, very good. And a couple of songs did stick in my head, which I then downloaded. And obviously, he's uber talented. I like his voice. I know there was one song towards the end where he was playing the guitar and the keyboard, which was, which was fantastic. Uh, great opener. I was. I said to my wife while we were there. I said, you know, I've seen worse, <laughs> and that's not. A, I'm not trying to diss him. He was very good, but some of the openers I've seen have been like, Ugh. but the, you know, he was great, man. He really was. Set the tempo. Were there a lot of people? What was um, the crowd like? Were they? Because I think that was something we also learned early on from Hershey that they're going to get on early. Mammoth is going to be there. I understand there's that opening band thing where not everybody's in their seats yet. But that's been happening with Guns N' Roses because they're not the late GNR anymore. Mm -hmm. So were there a lot of people already in the arena there? Like how full was uh, was the venue at that time when Wolfgang was playing? There there were uh, a lot of people in the arena for him. That's good. He he rocked out, I think. He was I don't really know his songs, but he was really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of songs like Feeney said, it's stuck in your head. So. He was really good. And he's very respectful. He was saying, you ready for Guns N' Roses? And, you know, he gets the crowd going, you know? He's so good old. He, he is. What are your, and so I don't want to lose it, what are your favorite openers you guys have seen for, for, for Guns N' Roses in the past? Man, I don't think, I, uh, well, Sebastian Bach, you know, and uh, uh, Papa Roach was good. I saw, I think they opened for them at Madison Square Garden. So I saw them in Madison Square Garden in 2006. So Papa Roach, everybody else kind of, you know, I just, I didn't really, uh, I can't even think of names. It's not like I'm trying to, to not, to not talk about them. I just, there hasn't been anybody that stuck out, but Bach was great uh, when they used him and, and Papa Roach was a cool little late nineties, you know, flashback for me. So that's about it. Okay. All right. What about you, John? Uh, mine was Skid Row, 1991. Yeah. There you go. I don't see him. And it made me go see Skid Row in 92 with Pantera at the Paramount at the Garden. So you saw legendary shows, man. Yeah. So you saw GNR at the Coliseum? Yeah. And the Garden in December of 91 also. Mm. So. We, may have to, we may have to talk about those later. You know, yeah. it, it, what memories you got of those. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Good stuff. So Feeney, the interesting thing is those who go on the floor was anybody moving once mammoth was over was obviously you get there early to be close. It's not like John, you had an assigned seat, you know, that's your seat. That's where you're going to be. You can get up, go to the bathroom. You're going to lose your spot. Feeney. 
I got to call you Feeney since it, no, it cool. just says that on the, uh, the Zoom thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually got there a little earlier than we even intended because I thought I thought Wolfgang started at 7 or 7.15. I was I think it was 7.30 or something like that. So we were even earlier than I would have uh, intended. But, yeah, we got on the rail there. We were on uh, Duff's side, you know, when Fortis was over there. And uh, we stayed – we didn't want to lose our spot, so we stayed there for at least half the concert – then it was like we both had to go to the bathrooms. Okay, we've we've been up. That's cool. Let's see what we can get when we come back. And when we came back, we kind of wandered. We were still in GA, and sometimes we were towards the back at Duff's side. I think I ended the show over on Slash's side uh, towards the back. We were just relaxing. I think that we were, like, leaning up against the pole back there or whatever because we have been standing the whole time, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, getting there and uh, having that spot was, was great. And, um, unfortunately, you know, once you leave, you leave. That's – tough luck for you so i knew i knew coming back we weren't going to get back where we were but the the time that we were at the rail was was excellent okay all right so were you, you both rail, i'm sorry. sorry you would be behind the rail yeah just uh not in the vip just in the ga okay. right there on the rail yeah oh cool. cool okay right on so i want to know because i i say i feel like i say this every um, every review episode because I can't get the image out of my head from Hershey Park when It's So Easy started. And it's daylight and there's fans just looking around like all confused, thinking like, is this another opening act? Like what's happening? And uh, just one dude walking across uh, with his cell phone held up. So I guess he can just watch It's So Easy later as he's uh, you know supposed to go to his seat. So I'm mm. assuming both were ready to go once... Uh, once they were ready to go. Yeah. Um, Mammoth went on at eight, eight o'clock. Was it eight? Okay. Eight o'clock and uh, eight 30, he was done. And nine o'clock guns and roses came on. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, I saw people, you know, getting beers after Mammoth, you know, leaving and then came back fast because they knew guns and roses coming on at nine o'clock. So did you do that? Peony? Yeah. I, uh, I knew it was only going to be about 20, 30 minutes between. And uh, like I've been, I went to one show in 2016 and a couple in 2017. So I'm, I'm now used to the practically on time GNR, you know, like when I, you know, I went to a lot of shows in the early 2010, 2011, 2012, stuff like that. And they were still coming out whenever they felt like it. I remember a previous Atlantic city show at the house of blues. Like I mentioned in 2012, they started like at midnight and played till like three 30. It was, it was awesome. But uh, I like I, I do kind of like the the timeliness now. But yeah, I uh, my wife held the spot at the rail in between. I was like, all right, I'm gonna run. I'll get right back. You know, I'm not gonna miss the beginning. So I went out and got us some drinks. Uh, there was, I mean, you know, you're at a rock show. You expect overpriced stuff. We bought these uh, specialty mixed drinks. They were twenty four dollars each, and then it was like, it, but if you bring it for a refill, it's only sixteen. I was like, all right, well, that's a plus, I guess. So. Um, yeah, we, we, we were secure in our spot. We knew when we pretty much knew when they were coming out and uh, I was back for it so easy and everything. And of course the, the cartoon thing before I got to see it all. So I didn't miss anything. What, what I missed and I want to ask about, I believe John, you showed me a picture of you got the lithograph, hmm. which was pretty cool. I, I didn't get it. I saw it on Facebook. Oh, I thought yeah. that was yours. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I know you always talk about that in the podcast. So I'm like, I got to show this down. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it, the shark looks like Jaws. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, very cool. So did neither of you were, um, did either of you want it? Are you lithograph? They sold, uh, they sold shirts of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
they sold shirts of those. So I didn't get it, but I buy my stuff online. I, I don't buy it at the show. No. Okay. No. Is Feeny the same way? Yeah. I mean, I bought, I got this in Hershey. So, you know, that one with the, oh, the, the shirt. Uh, usually. Yeah. It, usually I'm like, John, I get, if I see a tour shirt, I really like, I'll keep an eye out for it on Amazon or something like that later. You know, like I did that with a couple of 2011 shirts that I liked. Um, but I did buy this in Hershey and AC. Um, I didn't get any merch. I didn't get the lithograph. I, I kind of feel like uh, I was late in the game on that. Like, man, I wish I started collecting them before and I didn't. So now I don't, you know, it's, it's not something I pay too much attention to, but I do like seeing people's pictures of them on you know, the various groups yeah. or on, on your group or anything like that. So they're always cool. I just, I never got into it. And I'm just curious. Number, uh, everyone has their, oh, what? You say that again? The number. Yeah. Okay. It, um, there are, they're different. They're not always the same number. They can be a 250. They could be 300, right. something like that. Uh, I don't want to knock over the, well, maybe I could see it. The Fargo one that Eric P was so kind to give me, uh, this is at a 250. And I would look, I have a couple other ones, but the, the, uh, the, the, the picture frame is blocking the number. But I got them, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I have three. It makes me sound like a collector. I think they just kind of happened in a way. But so, and also just the, the merch adventure is always interesting because of just what they sell and what they do. I think that, you know, they have a, they have cool shirts, they have cool things going on. So uh, no merch for you guys this time no, around. But, but I know. I'm, go ahead, John. One more time, bud. I said the prices weren't too bad. Yeah. You know, $35, 40 which is not really bad. No. Yeah. I paid yeah. I paid fifty in Hershey for the shirt. So, but I, I know you'll agree, John, that uh, those merch lines were unbelievable. Though yeah. they must have sold so many shirts, like before the show, and even during and in between uh, Mammoth and 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 GNR, the, the lines were huge, oh, yeah. huge. Yeah, we we what? were on the merch line. Uh, we went. My girlfriend got a shirt on the on the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. It was that was like four hours before the show, so <laughs> there was no line. So we we're happy about that because we saw inside the lines were crazy. Were those the the bootleggers that no, no. okay that GNR was trying to shut down? I I wouldn't judge you. I'm just curious if they're still out there. No, but know. after the show, after the show, there were bootleggers on the uh, boardwalk. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, GNR police got to get after that. <laughs> I don't know. It's I always feel like they come. After the show, they just come up with you and like, I just feel like, no, if I want them, I'll go to you. I'll go to you, you know, Not, especially in this day where like in this day and age where you never know who's coming up to you. And it's just like, yeah, too many, yeah. Too, too many crazies. Uh, all right. So no merch. You, uh, what I would like to know is you said there's a lot of people at the, the merch line. Who what were the kind of people that filled up Atlantic City, you know, an expensive show, small arena? What was the fan vibe? Like, what kind of personnel was there? Do you see, you know, was Paul E.D. there? Did you see any celebrities, you know? I guess not. No. Uh, I didn't see any celebrities, but the crowd was, uh, you know, I noticed in Hershey, too. It's it's a nice mix because I'm going to be 40, right? And then you'll see people in my age group, but you'll see people older than me as well that may have been able to see guns back in the day. And then they'll have their kids and then their kids' friends or you know, there's a young group of people in their 20s as well. It's a really uh, interesting mix of people. It's no one 
age group or demo really like the, everybody goes you know from from 16 to, to 60 really and ac looked kind of the same to me it was a, uh, maybe a little bit younger than hershey actually yeah. john same thing that's what, what you saw exactly exactly the same so some older people like you said like 60 years old you know a lot of 40 and 50 year olds you know it seems to be the same at, at every show which is just really cool you know uh, sorry, John, I didn't mean to, to cut you off. Yourself, you look at yourself and like, I'm old like these people. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so crazy how time flies, you know? Yeah. Uh, even me who, who just turned 38, uh, you know, when I go to these shows and I always felt like the young GNR fan, you know, considering my, my first show was 2002 because, you know, when GN, when user illusion came out, I wasn't even 10 yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was born in well, wait, what year? No, eighty. Uh, I was yeah, I wasn't ten yet. So now I see like yeah, little kids there. You know, I can fit into their. I don't know how I fit in the, that kid shirt. Do you see the the blue teal shirt? And it says I survived Guns and Roses. It has like a shark on it. Yeah. So that usually you'll see a young child or a woman wear or yeah. women wear like my fiance. I can fit into that as well. Yeah. But then you you also see like then I'll feel better. You'll see like old school rockers you know mm -hmm. ones that probably you know saw like fog hat back in the day but also like guns and roses so that's that, yeah. that uh, uh the so age differences are are interesting to me because you know you and i are around the same age so for me i discovered appetite you know maybe in 90 or 91 i was a kid but a friend played it for me in his basement and then like the big GNR memories from here to that is like you could be mine in November rain were everywhere, you know, when they both came out. So that's how I discovered them. Yeah. And, and the illusion tapes. But it makes me wonder if you're 20. Like, how did you how did you like, is it did you was a guitar hero? Did you hear jungle in a movie? Is it just you like classic rock? You know, I'm, it's that is interesting to me, the, the generational differences in trying to figure out like, wow, I wonder how you how you found them, you know. So that's that's cool to me. That's the, been part of the fun about doing this podcast, talking yeah. to fans, old and young, and, and how, you know, those who found them through Chinese democracy, you know, yeah. who, would have, who would have thought, who would have thought. So, John, you're in your seat with your Brett Michaels loving girlfriend, and you are, <laughs> you she's are ready. You, it's all right. It's, she's not here. <laughs> you're ready for uh, It's So Easy. Like, yeah. Can you kind of take us through maybe your highlights since you know the set list for the most yeah. part? You know, what's, what are your favorite moments? The first two songs get you into the concert, you know, Mr. Brownstone and all. Mm -hmm. And just, then he starts to talk a little about, you know, wow, you guys are loud tonight, right, Feeney? He, he oh, loved yeah. it. Axel yeah, was did. in a great mood. He was in a great mood from the beginning. When you're reacting to his music and the whole band, he, he loves it. I mean, if, if I guess if you're not reacting. He's not, he's not going to be as happy, you know, obviously any, any rock star, you know? So the first two songs always set the mood, you know? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, people complain about the, I mean, I guess they could change it up if you want. I mean, there are other songs that you're not going to complain if they kicked off with welcome to the jungle or other, you know, night train or something, well, but kicking off with it's so easy. And Mr. Brownstone is like a nice shot of they, adrenaline. They used to kick off with uh, perfect crime in 91. That would, I mean, did you experience that, John? Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. It was perfect crime. That obsession was not too far after that, you know. And uh, oh, Brown, Brownstone was right around there with it. So easy, yeah. 
I can't, I don't know the exact, but I know Perfect Crime was number one. Mm. I'm going to ask both of you later, and John, considering what you've just told me, because I'm going to ask you to rank this show in your whole scheme of shows. You can, nothing could beat seeing Perfect Crime as an opener. So I expect that to be, you know, number one or something. We'll see where this show falls for you. But wow, Perfect Crime to see that as an, I don't know if he could do it now, but I would sure like to see him try. Yeah. I didn't know that song, obviously, when it came out, when they played it. But I was like, wow, this is a great song. It's one of my favorite <laughs> songs. I mean, it's only two minutes, but it's, it's a really good song. Yeah. So then what were your highlights? Because at this time, since you had already been at MetLife and we were at the same show and that's why they played Absurd for the second time, you were ready for that. Not everybody knows that song, even though it's, you know, it's public. It's out legally now. It's, they put it out officially. Um what, what, how do you feel about Absurd seeing it live? And what were the reaction from fans around you to that song? I, I think uh, I liked it the second time. I wasn't into it in my life. Okay. But uh, it sounded better, obviously, in this arena. Um, I like the song. His voice is different, obviously, in it. And, uh, you know, when he said, well, you know, the lyrics are kind of twisted. But, you know, I was seeing my reaction to my girlfriend. I don't think she, she didn't notice anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always wondering about that. And I'll tell you something funny after, but Feeney, like, how do you, um, what do you think about that song, Absurd? What do you, what's your, what are your feelings about it? It's funny. Like, I heard uh, Silkworms when they played at Rio. And, you know, I've, you know, had some, I've heard it other ways through the years, you know, as, as most of us probably have. And uh, I always thought people on the message boards when they were like, we want to hear Silkworms, I thought they were trolling because I thought it was not good it was not what i don't like this at all you know and but for some reason uh the first time i heard it i actually was listening to the boston show like someone had a stream and i had it on in my car and i heard him talk about it and he said the word absurd i'm like oh my god it's gonna be silkworms like are they crazy you know and uh but it's it's really won me over like i was excited to see it i listen to it now and uh i think really uh slash being on there it just made all the difference for me for some reason. Not that I don't have any problem with, with Bumble or, or Fink or Ash or any of those guys. I like them. But Slash, you can obviously, you know, when you hear Slash. I don't know. He really added something to it. And uh, I, I do. I find myself, you know, I like it now. I really do. I feel that's something I said was I don't know what Slash did to it. But it's just it went from like silkworms. That's mm. like you say that as a as a joke song. That's become like the, the my world of the, the Chinese era. And when I first heard Absurd and hearing that Slash part, I'm like, whoa, I, I do like this. Like, yep. this is really cool. And the passion that they, you, you see Axel has singing that song. And yeah, my, my girlfriend either likes to say that, because uh, now I'm getting her into, into tattoos, that her uh, next tattoo is going to be Pussy Full of Maggots. <laughs> That's her sense of humor. That's why I'm marrying her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you could tell, even from me, because she knows... Uh, you know, me just saying it, I just feel, I don't know. Dirty. I feel dirty. I feel dirty saying it. But I guess that's, that's the Axel did say, uh, this, this is a love sonnet. This is a great mm-hmm. love. I, yeah, love sonnet. <laughs> I love it. They, he should, yeah, that should be, I hope that's in the, if they were, were to do a press release, they should have included, yeah, this is uh, the new Guns N' Roses love sonnet. <laughs> I'm certain. <laughs> uh, brilliant. All right, so let's go through more of the highlights. We talked about Absurd. We know, uh, again, the set list, um, for the most part, what was different? Feeney, let's go to you. What was different 
this night the set list uh than Hershey Park. And I know it was longer because Hershey had the 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 time limit, the uh the city ordinance and the the, the technical issues, but what were songs that you saw Atlantic City night one that you didn't see Hershey Park or or maybe just like standout songs he thought he performed better? You know what I mean? Unintended, um, I guess maybe. You could be mine was a million times better. Uh in Hershey with you could be mine. He actually did like the Vince Neil, like held up the mic for the crowd to sing. And I was like, Oh, I've never seen him do that. You know, that stood out to me, but you could be mine. He killed it. Uh, the ones that I saw, cause I have the set list in front of me that I didn't see in her. She was uh, absurd, obviously, Wichita lineman, Madagascar, uh, don't cry. And the seeker were all, all weren't played there, you know, or uh, maybe don't cry was don't cry or patience. One of them wasn't, uh, I think it was don't cry. So it was cool to get those extras. You know, it's like you said, the set list, you, you know, kind of what you're going to get. So it's always fun to get something else sprinkled in there, you know, and um, man, rewatching the videos, like it was almost all highlights. You know, I don't remember a part in the show at all where I went, Ooh, he didn't quite nail that part or this just doesn't sound the way I wanted to. Like everything was good. Everything was good. I was especially happy to see you're crazy just because I, I love that song, you know, the way they play it even, which is different than, you know, the, the unplugged version or even the appetite version. But I was always, I was glad to see them add that when they did. And, uh, the seeker had a lot of energy, you know, I know some people don't, you know, complain about it or whatever. I'm not one of them. I, I really like it. And, uh, so I was like, all right, they're bringing that back. Cool. You know, it's, it's a good little deal to have in the encore, especially for people that don't know what's coming. Like, oh my God, a who song. So that was a lot of energy in that too. Double talk and jive rocked. Like that's when I realized that I was seeing a special show just, you know, because they, he was so into it singing and the band was phenomenal. Oh, just great. So, so yeah, that's, that's, it was a lot of highlights, man. I have, I have no iffy moments or anything like that. Like the whole show was pretty, pretty good. What do you, do you feel the same John or what what, what would you say? It was great. I mean, I like the seeker too, but they could always, Mixing something else from uh, Usual Illusion, maybe like Pretty Tied Up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Or Live and Let Die was even great. I, mm-hmm. He held his screams, like even without the pyro, he held his screams. It was amazing. When I was at MetLife, like well, you could you could be on, as uh, Feeney said, he was struggling, but he nailed it. He nailed it. Night one, he was great. I love Welcome to the Jungle. I know that's just like. Oh, who doesn't? But that's a great song. Love when they play that. And what else? Uh, Rocket Queen. Amazing. Very cool, man. I mean, it's, I love that everybody says Double Talk and Jive because that's the one I usually think of. I'm like, man, that song. It just shows the Axel almost at his peak. He just for like, you know, because he's not in the entire song and then just slash because goes off and just the, the passion that they both have that go into it. Is just a, is great. Uh, the Seeker, I've said before, I do like it. It actually made me go back and get the the Who's version and put that on my uh, my master playlist. Mm-hmm. But like you, John, as somebody who's never seen Pretty Tied Up, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would rather see that. You know what I mean? I, I back ninety one. Ah, I'm I'm sorry. I think especially in Rio, in Rio, in Rio. I think it was. Yeah. 1991. I'm wondering the year because my first concert was seeing yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. 
I have the videotape of Rio and I remember them playing it there. Well, I've seen videotapes, but I mean, back my first favorite bands in 91. So I was born in 83. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into the Muppet Babies at that time. You know, I, there's nothing I can really, maybe not the Muppet Babies, but you know what I mean? So I, I guess never got to experience that. So for songs that I, yeah, I want, I would like, not like to see The Seeker. I don't want to see The Seeker, uh, but it's fine. Uh, but Wichita Lyman is the opposite. It's, it's a cover, but I think their version is phenomenal. So that's, again, it's just my preference. That's all. Yeah, that was the only time that I saw like a kind of uh, the crowd. I know there's people specifically in front of me like that did not know what Wichita Lyman was, didn't know what was going on. What is this? You know, and but there was, of course, the people that were enjoying it, singing along. But I did see a lot of heads looking around and people tapping each other. What is this? You know, that was the only time I saw that that kind of reaction. But I, I like it a lot. I, I tried to experience the show as much as I could. So I wasn't doing much filming or pictures, but I did. I got most of Wichita Lyman because it is it's a favorite of of this uh, of this version of the band. It's a, it's a staple. And, and I'm, I always enjoy when they play it. I would like to I would hope that I've said this before. I'm trying to wish it into an existence, I guess, into existence. It's just I want wichita lineman a recorded version yeah on an album i just think they do blow it away and and something you know maybe you guys noticed as well and this is what i try to hammer home not just to my not just to the a hardcore guns roses fan myself myself included is that there are still fans that don't know better that don't know chinese democracy that only know the hits yeah and they are there to see the hits and if they don't Madagascar, right? Like I was in the uh, encore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see that song. I don't. Maybe I saw that in, in two thousand and two. I, I I should remember, but I don't. Uh, IRS in that one. Were you at the O two show also at MSG? No, I was not. I I, I, I had a DVD, so I kind of yeah, I remember it from that. Okay, I forget who I spoke to recently who was also at that Madison Square Garden show, which was my first show. Um, I wish I went. Good for you because I was there the next night in Philly, which would have been my first show. So congratulations, you got to see MSG. You know, I was always so jealous of people that got because it was the last show of the tour. You know, which I really wanted to see that version of the band at that time, and unfortunately, I didn't get my chance till '06 at Hammerstein, which. You know, all that waiting, it did pay off that night. That was a great show, too. That was great. And we did a, that was one of the the riot series that we did. We did the Philly riot with uh, mm-hmm. fans that were also like you, hopeful to see them in Philadelphia. And they got a riot instead. Yeah. yeah. That, that version of the band, yeah, they're going to play Chinese democracy songs. That's what they're promoting. But if you're going to see Guns N' Roses now, especially with Slash back, you're going to get the hits. So the fact that they are, the fact that you guys saw two shows already and you've already gotten different songs, I think speaks volumes because they still have to appease the people that freak out for Sweet Child of Mine. Right. You know, they're, they're freak out for knocking on Heaven's door. Because Can that's, I add that's something? Fun. Absolutely. Um, Slash's solo before Sweet Child of Mine was amazing. It was crazy. And November Rain, I think Axel is very proud of that song. He plays that great. And uh, Estranged was great, too. Estranged. Amazing song. Do you take or your girlfriend take pictures? Are you a video picture taker? She, or take, you... she takes videos. Okay. She takes videos. I, I don't really do that because I want to pay attention to the show. 
But uh, she takes the sure. videos and they're awesome. Did you, did you watch them later? The next oh, yeah. day? On our Facebook page. Nice. Yeah. See, that's yeah. always something interesting too. Yeah. When, when Sweet Child comes up, everyone's holding up their phones, right? Yeah. And people look around like, oh, just enjoy the concert. Kids today, you know, I think there's a variety of reasons they want to other people to join in on their experience. I do it, which I don't think I'm going to do anymore, share videos because I've, since my Twitter got suspended, oh. and sharing my own videos apparently is, is wrong. But I would only do it for that. So I actually started having my fiance take videos and, and pictures. And I'm like, I need to soak this in more, you know, and, yeah. and appreciate this. Uh, as my cat jumps on, if you please don't press any buttons, every time my cat <laughs> jumps on the mixer, <laughs> Not this time, thankfully. He always hits the one button that mutes the entire thing. So thank you. I just fed you before the uh, the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's very cool. Those are the, the highlights. Um, what was the what was the encore? Because that was the one thing, Feeny, we were kind of gypped out of um, yeah, at Hershey sure. Park. Was the one song encore? I thought that was it was the first show. It's excusable, yeah. whatever. But we got uh, what the seeker. Madagascar and Paradise City was that the and don't cry don't cry yeah don't cry yeah okay so then we're gonna talk about don't cry even though we weren't there it's in the news and as, as Guns N' Roses fans we're gonna discuss don't cry on night two uh, what Axel spoke about before um, but I, we got to wrap up this part of the review so uh, Feeney where does this rank for you I guess as far as all the GNR shows or, or anything else that Part of your any part of your experience we you didn't get to talk about. Well, I just yeah, I wanted to say that um, as we covered and I said a little bit that he Axel really was on fire and he came out strong like right away. And I, I'm sure we all have experiences with wives or girlfriends where they kind of have to put up with our addiction, right? So we're watching bootleg, we're watching videos the next day, we're we're doing everything, and and so they've heard or seen Axel a million times. So my wife even though, and, and actually this show really won her over too, which was, which was great. So now we might go to Baltimore cause she, oh, I'll go again. All right. So I'll go again too, you know? And, um, you know, Axel came out on fire and it just, it just never stopped, you know? So I was very pleased with the show. Uh, it's close, man. My, my favorite show that I saw was actually Atlantic city in 2012. And, um, I just, they played th- almost three and a half hours. They played everything, you know? And, uh, and I think I told you the story before about Brando afterwards, I actually got pulled into the after party. So I was in, I was in a room with Axel one time, just one time, but you can't forget that. Right. So that, that kind of adds to it. And uh, so house of blues 2012 is my number one, but this is a very, very, very close number two. It was, it was that good. And I saw them a few times in 2011. I saw them, like I said, a few times in 2017, you know, other shows sprinkled throughout there. And this is uh, so close to being the best one. It, it was, I have no complaints, no complaints whatsoever. It's exceptional. And uh, did you just look across the room at Axel kind of like, and it's always, it's always sunny, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like it, it looks at, and it looks at Mac across the room. Yeah. I don't know that reference. I'm sure. No, I got you. I'm sure I looked like a dope. Like I kept, I kept joke. My wife kept tapping me and she'd like put my chin. Cause I'm just like, you know, <laughs> It was, cool. it, it, it was a small room of people at this place called the foundation room where they had the after party. And I don't, like I said, I don't even know why we got pulled in. We just did. We were, we were leaving the show and there were, and there was a couple people like, Hey, come on after party. 
Okay. So we, uh, we snuck our way around to the back because there was security in front. But if you went outside to smoke, there was another door at the end, which would take you back where everybody else was, you know, Ashba and Axel and whatnot. So we snuck our way around and got in there. And I was, you know, to my left was Ashba's room and to my right that I heard his voice. I was like, Oh shit. You know, I'm waiting to get kicked out at any moment. So we went in and hung out and we're leaning against the wall and, you know, we were drinking and he was just sitting like on the top of this couch telling stories. And, um, there was, you know, a few women around him and stuff. And, uh, it didn't let, you know, 10, 15 minutes and then he, he split, but it was still like, Whoa, like this is an experience. And of course, friends of mine are like, why don't you get a picture? Why don't you take a picture? I'm like, are you crazy? Like, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, I don't, there's no way I would want to break up the moment or, or, or piss him off or something like that. So, but uh, I'll always have that in my back pocket that I got to go. I got to be in the room with him while he's telling stories that one time. But yeah, so that that was my favorite show uh, was House of Blues. But this is a very, very, very close second. Cool. Same uh, same question to you, John. Where does this fall on the pantheon of, of your personal uh, concerts? Went to Webster Hall and the, the Ritz in 2012. That was great. Ashba. Um, 2014 in Vegas with Ashba. That was great. I was right up front. Right, I took a picture of like five feet away from Axel. You know, I was standing room only, so I got there like three hours early. Um, well, this show was great. That's a, a three-way tie right there. Okay, man. It's it, again. I, I am certainly not on Guns N' Roses payroll. Uh, it, it's a joy. I mean, I can't get, I can't interview certain people because management may not or like me. So, but I have fans that come on that all give glowing reviews. I mean, this, this is just quite, this I, is incredible. I, you can always say something. This is your review show. I just think that football stadiums are overrated. That's mm. a little, a little overrated. The sound, the sound is different. I just think the inside yeah, that's like five thousand, even ten thousand. It's much better, in my opinion. I I think most people would share your opinion, but I think you say that again. I'm sorry, the it's the problem, Zoom thing that, cut, that cuts off, and and it's just we deal with it. I said the only problem is the price of the, you know, intimate venue. You know, the, you there lies the issue, right? Like you have a. I mean, you have more people that want to see you. If you have it in a stadium, all these people can see you for a lesser price, even though, you know, they're still kind of expensive. Yeah. Or do you go for the better sound and the higher price? So I think if you have a good mix, which I guess Guns N' Roses is doing, they're playing stadiums, they're playing smaller venues. So I think if you have a good mix, maybe you have an option of what kind of experience you want, which is kind of cool. Something I didn't think about before. Don't get me wrong. Wherever they go, I'm going. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, I, I am the same way as I started off the, uh, the, the episode with that. I'm going to be in, in Baltimore. Uh, Feeney, my fiance said the same thing that your, your wife did and she's having a good time. And she's like, let's go to Baltimore. I'm like, really? You know, this is somebody who just spent a week in Seattle to see Dave Matthews three days in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, she likes Guns N' Roses, but she's not as diehard as we are. Yeah. She's like, yeah, let's, let's go. And I would be remiss, and I'll talk about it more, especially during when we do a Baltimore review. I'm so grateful to you know, all everyone who's been a part of this podcast, which includes you, Feeney, and you, John. Um, 
because sometimes my fans do, my listeners do amazing things. And Jay, who's in Baltimore, offered me uh, an Airbnb to stay in just to, you know, a couple miles from the arena. So uh, I, I couldn't say no to that opportunity being like a, a free place to stay. Uh, the only thing that sucked, and I think I spoke to you guys a little, I think I spoke to you, John, about it a little off the air. Uh, you guys, the listeners, you, you bad apples have heard me talk about it on the air. Some of my concert experiences is like a handicap. You know, I have, I have leg braces. I walk with a cane. Um, and so that, that always dictates what shows I'm going to go to and where I'm going to sit and everything. So that's like when I looked at Atlantic City, the handicap seats were 300 bucks. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe if this was my only show I was going to, I, I just don't make, I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't make that kind of money, man. No. So I looked at Baltimore handicap seats, uh, two, the ones that were left 225 bucks. So if this was my only GNR show, sure. But not now. 225 if I'm like right up against the stage. Not when it's like offside stage. No, no, no. So I got something like for a hundred something bucks, upper upper deck. Uh, as soon as you get out, like out of the elevator, walk through the tunnel, it's like right there. So I don't have to really do much physically. But these, these are like the things that I have to take into account. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might have been on the floor with you, Feeney. I mean, if I was able to. Back when I was younger, I could do that. Uh, yeah. but, but not so much. Uh, now I'm old. And that's why also I like uh, these shows that's, that end on time. I'm old, man. You guys might laugh because I'm the youngest one here technically. Man, I don't know. What time did I go to bed last night? Like 10 o'clock? I'm just, <laughs> I get, I'm an old man. I'm an old Jewish man already and I'm only 38. Mm. Anyway, uh, so we, what we need to talk about as, as three guns. That was a strange reference. Yeah, old, uh, at, old at heart, but I'm only 38. I know. I think I'm <laughs> young that. at heart, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. But I'm only th- instead of I, I said that at 28. That might have been my my aim, uh, my AOL away message at, yeah. at 28. That might have been it. Uh, that's how long ago that was. So uh, what we want to talk about, and we had some some people reach out about night two of Atlantic City, and it just didn't work out. That's fine. It would have been. Interesting to put all of that, this monstrosity uh, together, as Axel once said, if I had like four or five people on it. So maybe we'll do a part two. We'll see. But it's in the news now, so we, we got to talk about it. Two things. Uh, before, because I think the set list was, was almost the same. Before Don't Cry, and then as you mentioned, both of you, Axel has been more chatty. He starts talking about, and if I was in a, my studio right now at, in radio, I would, uh, at, at iHeart, I would bring up the sound, but my cat's about to push buttons and I try not to mess with anything technical. Uh, I would bring up Axel uh, talking about the song Don't Cry, about him and Izzy when they first, it was like the first song they ever wrote for Guns N' Roses. And he starts talking about, um, as my, see, my fiance's calling. She knows I was talking about Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do this lot. I'm going to do this. I'm recording a podcast talking about Dave Matthews saying that you're willing to go to Baltimore with me. No, you're not. I'm doing it right now. You're being recorded. So if you want to come okay. home, great. I love you. I'll see you soon. Right All right. Okay, bye. bye, Dave Matthews. Bye. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I do the show. He's what I just go with it. So uh, before Don't Cry, he started talking about um, writing it with Izzy and he was throwing like pebbles up at Izzy's 
window to, to talk to him about something. And Izzy thought he was going to fight him. I'll, go watch it on YouTube. I, w- I don't want to rec- completely, um, you know, butcher what Axel said. It's, you want to hear it in his voice. But there's two interesting things. One, he, him just mentioning Izzy at all at a show, I think it's just wow. I think that's not a nothing. I think that's a, not to say that he's going to rejoin or any, maybe you guys will, will differ from opinion. I'll get your opinion, but years past, he would never acknowledge an old member. Right. I mean, the fact that he even mentioned him, but what's well, interesting before I wanted, this is, I had to, sorry, I have to paint the whole picture before. Cause I didn't pick up on this first time he said it. Cause it's kind of muffled. He's like, so yeah, me and Izzy, I missed that guy. He says he misses him. So that's um, you know what? I want to know what you guys think. That's uh that's that's a big deal, I think. Well, in 2006, didn't Izzy play at the Hammerstein a little? Yeah, the third and fourth show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't that long ago, but we gotta think about what's happened since. You know, the reunion that happened, the only Co- the interview Axel did with Duff, uh, it might have been on Chilean TV or Mexican TV, and he spoke about Izzy. He's like, I'm not sure what he wants to do. And and that's when Izzy tweeted right after, you know, it's, it was all about the loot. You know, they want to split the loot equally. I'm paraphrasing. So there have been some negative things that have come out since then. So we don't know what their relationship is now. Right? I yeah, I mean, I... I uh, sorry, John. I, I go, think go. Go, you go. one thing was uh, he, not only did he play in 06, but he played in, in 2012 in England with him. I believe he, he may have showed up in Vegas in 2014 even. So it was only two years in between, you know, where they came back and he wasn't a part of it. Uh, I can understand the money thing. I mean, if anything, you think it would just be like, Hey, here's Izzy. And they play 14 years and night train or something like that. Like he used to do. So if he's not playing the whole show, Maybe the beef is there where, well, dude, we can't give you a fourth of the thing. You're not, you're not technically a member. You're only doing a guest spot, whatever. I could see him doing a, a guest spot like Adler did, you know, come out and do a couple of songs. And I think that would be great, especially if they got Steven on stage too. You know, people would finally get their, the original five members moment, you know. Um, who knows? They've been, you know, decades long friends. You know, if you read interviews from either guy, they've they've had their fallings out and falling outs in the past and they, you know, managed to mend the fence and all that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he pops on at this point. Maybe that was the olive branch, you know, Axel extending the olive branch to him. So that would be that would be cool. And hopefully, you know, maybe Baltimore. I mean, I like to see it happen in the States, but who knows? It could happen anywhere. Huh. What do you think, John? What do you think, think about that? I think Izzy is like more bitter. Than Axel, probably, in my opinion. What do you guys think about Richard Fortas? I think he's pretty good. I love Fortas. As a player, I I, yeah. hope so. I I tweeted this the other day, and this is how I feel about Richard. I think he's very cool. Um, but he's been in the band for so long, and he doesn't have any credit on Chinese Democracy other than playing on it. If, when there's a new album, I really hope he's on it. That's how I don't want him to be looked at as because he's still you see on his Instagram or whatever. He's he's trolls being like, where's Izzy? Hmm. It just I want him to start really. If you've seen GNR live, he's already solidified his place in the band's history. But I would really like to see him given a song credit or to be more 
involved you know, creatively yeah. because he is a great player. I think he's great with the fans. He's a great follow on social media. It was you know a, a pleasure to talk to him about uh, to talk to him on the podcast. But yeah, that's how I feel. I, I that's the only thing preventing me from being like, oh, Richard, I want to see what he he can do in the studio. That's what I want with yeah. GNR. I agree. So we'll, we'll we'll see what. What happens, but uh, that's interesting what you said to Feeney about maybe it was a, a public olive branch. Maybe it was a th- maybe it's nothing, but I guess find that very odd. And the one thing I can't really, I don't know, I'll dance around it. I'll think as I usually do. I will think out loud on a podcast, which you probably shouldn't do. Uh, we, my interview with Matt Sorum, still TBD. I did read the, his book, P, the PDF version of his book. I was sent. I know there was a version that was leaked. I did not read that. The reason I bring that up is because there's stuff in there regarding Izzy and some current members that may be, you know, a dividing thing. You know, I don't want to, I know I'm being vague. It's, I I just, it's Matt's book is not out yet. I'm not going to break any stories. If you read the the leaked story, maybe you know what I'm talking about, but there's some current members that may have had issues with Izzy. And so I, I just don't know. I guess I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't. There's nothing else I can add to it. I, I, I didn't hear anything from Alan Niven this time around that Izzy was at a sound check or anything. Nothing like that. I just, uh, I hope it happens. Um, to get that, that, that five classic moment, even if it's not. And that's also what I think about Richard. You know, I want him, he deserves to be part of the band. Let's just say Izzy wanted to come back. I would like to see him kind of come back what Pat Smear, how Pat Smear came back with the Foo Fighters, how he kind of just came on as an extra guitarist when I think they're, I'm forgetting who he initially replaced. There was somebody, that might have been, maybe Shifflin, initially replaced Pat Smear. And then when Pat came back, he's like, fuck, I'm out of the band now. And Dave Grohl's like, no, no, more the merrier. So I'm just hoping, I don't know, maybe we'll see a lineup with, uh, Izzy, Fortis, Buckethead, DJ Ashford is like six guitar players on, on just stage. Like, just like 2012, 14, it was like that. They had yeah. a lot of guitar on stage. Yeah. But the, the, the guest spot, you, you'd hope that, that something could happen there. Because while they're all still alive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It, the Axel and Slash one, that was the one. That was the hurdle. We got past that. Why can't we get some more Steven and some Izzy. Let's 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 get there. So I certainly yeah, like want- if, you, if you think about it, sorry, just real quick, like Izzy coming back and doing a, a guest spot a couple of times or whatever. I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility, only because you know, obviously Axel and Slash was the big one, like you said, but Adler coming out and doing some songs because he's been not very complimentary of Axel in the press a few times and whatever. And, uh, you know, they had the lawsuit. Uh, from what I've read, of course, Axel was pretty pissed about the, the way that lawsuit turned out and all that. And, you know, you would have thought Adler would have been one of the guys that you weren't going to see come back. But he did. So, and Izzy is such such a big part of the band's history. And, and him and Axel have such a long friendship and stuff. You'd have to imagine it can it could happen. I, I mean, I wouldn't put a, I sure wouldn't put a timetable on it. But, you know, being the fact that he's been on stage with Axel again throughout the years, I think it's a possibility. I agree with that. If you could go back a few years and you be, you would ask me better chance of a guest appearance. I don't know if I gave an answer at the time. I don't remember, but Adler or Izzy, 
I would have probably I would have said Adler because of everything that you just said. And and a shout out to Steven Adler. He's just he's going out. His band is killing it. They're also getting great reviews. Uh, it's very cool that Todd Kearns from Slash's band has been helping out uh, with them. He's been filling in for for Tanya uh, O'Callahan. So it's just awesome to see Steven is he's proven himself. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future in the GNR world. But he's out there. He, he looks great. I mean, he's got a great band around him. So just um, kudos to him, man. Like that could have been real sad ending. But he's uh, yep. it's not at all. Frankie <laughs> Pereira is pretty good. So, oh, and he's good. I like Frank. I don't uh, know what the hate that he gets. People, people complain about him. Yeah, I that I don't get either. I mean, I, I like Frank. I liked. Uh, I don't have anyone like people didn't like certain members. You know, Ashba got a little bit of heat and stuff like that, but. I, I liked that, like I said, that 2012 show is is my number one on the show. I liked Bumble. I liked Ashpa. I you know, still really, I think Richard is fantastic. And then Frank, you know, Frank's good. I like Frank, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I think Axel has done a good job with the, the personnel around him. Uh, despite everything, really. Uh, people, uh, you're going to hear, especially from Doug's future book, about what kind of person Axel is. And, you know, he, uh, I think he wants to hire like just good people. And that's what I think about, you know, Richard's a good person. Frank's a good person. As far as players, as a non-player, they impress the hell out of me. They make, I don't, I don't hear what everybody else hears. Oh, the song doesn't sound like this. I, I'm sorry. I just don't have those kind of ears. I just, you know, is Slash, do, is Slash doing the Slash thing? Is Axel singing like, like Axel? That's kind of, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a ge- very a generic fan like that. <laughs> you could be mine as a drama song, and he was pretty good on that. Yeah, Frank. right. Exactly, exactly. So as long as you, you get that down, it's yep. it's, all, it's all good. Um, anything else that? Oh, so John, I want to yeah ask any both of you guys any other highlights? I guess anything. I don't want to make sure I left anything out on the on the table. Anything from night one, Atlantic City. Uh, any reason maybe you didn't go to night two too expensive or you just, it was just the one night. And like that says the plan. One day was too expensive. I'm not yeah, yeah. And the I next know. day I had to work. So Sunday I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Makes sense. Yeah. I thought about it and actually I had my room there through Monday just cause it was kind of on the table. I didn't buy the tickets in advance. Obviously like I did for Saturday, it was kind of up in the air, whether, my wife would go to a second show, whether, hey, maybe uh, you can hang in the room and relax and I'll go to the show or maybe I'll take you home and come back. Blah, blah. It just I think the first show was actually such so good that it was like, I don't have to go again. That was almost it, you know. And of course, the price and everything. I, I did watch StubHub a little bit, but it was never really I was never close. You know, I just I kind of kept an eye in case. But uh, I, I, that's that sounds like an odd thing to say. But yeah, Saturday was so good. That it was like, all right, uh, you know, I'm satiated or whatever. So I didn't need to, I didn't necessarily need to go Sunday. I got gotcha. so, Yeah. Also, one other thing. Not that I'm surprised, but I thought that having gigs back to back, that was kind of, I know why they did it, but it's kind of hard to play two nights in a row, especially, you know, Axel with his voice. I was mm-hmm. kind of worried about that. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that because they don't, Ever do that nowadays? Right. Uh, the back, the back. Really? So, hmm. I, I, 
I mean, I heard no complaints about last night that he, you know, it sounded like he blew out his voice. So I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is like a, a an athlete. Once you know, you got to have your spring training. I guess you got to get through the early, especially baseball, the early months of it all to kind of get the rust off. And some days you can play a, a doubleheader. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't. You can need a yeah. you need to go in the DL or something like that. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, I won't keep you guys here too much longer, as it looks like uh, Brett Michaels' uh, uh, other g- girlfriend is uh, bothering you. Come here, Donnie. Brett, Brett Michael uh, fan. I want to know what, what she thought of the Guns N' Roses show. If she's uh, if she's okay with it. Well, uh, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to ask both of you what your favorite piece of memor- Guns N' Roses memorabilia is. That's something I ask everybody. She wants to know. Um, I got a. Uh... I got a Guns N' Roses wallet for Christmas one year, and it was the Chinese democracy grenade. You know, how are you was on the inside and stuff. I don't know where the person found it or whatever, but I was like, wow, that's felt. I'm like, man, you had to put some work in to find this. Where did, where, what is this? You know? So that was a fun one. Um, you still have it? No, I lost it. <laughs> Unfortunately, but yeah, that was great. Um, that's it really. You know, I have a ton of shirts, like I'm sure we all do. And, uh, you know, some are more favorite than others, but that, that wallet was a, was a cool deal. Oh, man, I'm sorry you lost it. Yeah, really? I think I told the story. I, I got a Guns N' Roses chain wallet back in the Hot Topic days. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not real. I'm making fun of myself when I say the Hot Topic. Yeah. But it had, it was like a metal logo of, of, of the, the, the guns, or the Guns N' Roses guns logo. And, but it was protruding. Mm-hmm. So if I kept it in my back pocket, it just would shred my my pocket all the time. So I have so many jeans that I had to cut off the, oh, whatever. So it's <laughs> uh, John, other than your, your girlfriend, what's your favorite piece of memorabilia? I have a signed ticket from uh, a Bumblefoot from Vegas. Mm. So nice. he, he, like I saw him like five hours before the show. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's very, uh, speaks, speaks well. He's very quiet. And he, there wasn't really many people around him, but I noticed him like, Hey, sign my ticket. <laughs> I did the same thing to him when I saw him in Ottawa. He, oh, he yeah? came out in, in the Russian. He was wearing the Russian uh, winter coat and winter hat. That was, the, was his stick at the time in the early days, if you remember that, the, the, the winter garb. And he just started talking to a security guard. He came out. I was, I was standing side stage and he was just talking to a security guard dressed like that. <laughs> and I was the only one who recognized him because he was in the new member. And he signed my ticket and took my picture. I uh, took our picture. But where did you meet him exactly before the show? Um, he was right on the floor with all, you know, the casino. Oh, okay. Uh, casino floor, the Pod Rock, Pod Rock uh, Hotel. Okay, nice, nice. Well, cool, though. If you're, and she doesn't have to make an appearance if she doesn't want to. I just want to maybe get some estrogen in the show if, if she <laughs> wants. It's, it's there. It's, it's fine. You're looking. I, they want you to talk. Just, to, just tell her to yell Guns N' Roses. Just tell her to yell it. Mm-hmm. Just tell Say, her to go Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Woo! There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> See, this is what this show is. We have cats walking on the mixer. I got my my fiance going, interrupting me. Oh, uh, that's okay. Because I I want to give her. All right. So we're gonna get our fourth reviewer. Our third part of the show. 
What was my favorite part of the show? <laughs> yeah. I have to say when he did his little tribute to 9-11, um, knocking on heaven's door. He did? Okay. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. What's your name? I'm sorry, I didn't get your That's name. Donnie. Donnie? Yeah. Like Donnie and Donnie Marie. Donnie Donnie Baseball. I love it. I'm thinking of Donnie, you know. <laughs> Donatello? Donna from the Ninja Turtle. Yeah, Donatello, there you go. Ninja Turtle, yeah. <laughs> Donnie, thank yeah. you for bringing that up. See guys. Come on, what kind of Americans are you? How do you yeah, not? I'm, gl- that I'm up? glad I'm glad she came on because actually that's it didn't slip my mind, but because I actually rewatched it, there's a really good YouTube video of it if if you haven't seen it and uh, Brando. But yeah, that was uh, unexpected and and was really awesome. And then USA chants were breaking out, yeah. you know. So yeah, okay, well, yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that because obviously the date of the show was 9/11 and. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to. So, I mean, that's, thank you. So you, you had a very good cameo, Donnie. So. Okay. <laughs> and, oh, what's your favorite? Not so. I told you love Brett Michaels. Yeah. What's your favorite Brett poison Michael. song? Brett Michaels and Stevie Nicks are my favorites. Nice. Okay. What's your favorite poison song? Hmm. Fallen Angel. I like that. Good answer. Is that what your, uh, is that what John calls you? Is that his nickname for you? <laughs> <laughs> he tells me, look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Donnie, for, for, for coming on and being a part of this. Uh, Guns, I don't know if did he tell you about this? He's doing a Guns N' Roses podcast tonight. What, what he's doing. Do, yeah. do, you think, do you think it's weird that he's doing a Guns N' Roses podcast? Do you think he's a weirdo? You're, I would think you're weirdo before the podcast anyway, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. I told, cool. I told her the night of the concert and she said, no, well, you know, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I do fan reviews. I get to interview some cool rock stars, but I also get to interview some uh, some cool fans. So that's what we're we're doing, doing a review of Atlantic City night one. So if you want, you could tell Donnie all your friends later. You can watch John. And, and the Johnny Donnie show once this is up. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night. <laughs> well, thank you guys for your, your time. Thank you, Donnie, as well. Um, Feeney, do you have anything since you're, we, we got to get Raven. Is he a Guns N' Roses fan? We got to get him on the podcast. Uh, I think. Disco yeah, Inferno? Not- is, he a, is he a Guns N' Roses fan? Disco Inferno? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I think both. The, I don't know. They're not as hardcore as we are, of course. But both guys, yeah, <laughs> both guys are Guns N' Roses fans. Well, I, I'm using that as a poor segue into. Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Since you kind of have a public uh, gig. Yeah, the the Raven Effect is out every Monday, uh, and then I do uh, Keeping It 100 with Conan and Disco. That's out every Thursday or Friday, and. Uh, those are my two main things. The the podcast network that I run, a Creative Control Network, you can check out at the CC Network one on Twitter, and that'll show you all the shows that I uh, that I put out. Very cool. And and John is your your friendly local neighborhood mailman. That's right. And you are through rain, through sleet, through COVID, through all of that. That's so right. Working your That's all right. You work your ass off, man. So we can do what we do. Yeah, exactly. That's all we could go to concerts. <laughs> Not delivering as many tickets though nowadays, right? It's all on the phone, which which I don't like. I do not mm-hmm. like that. Although I don't have it here. I speak of uh because I yeah, I have to go next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm seeing Dave Matthews next Tuesday at, at Jones Beach. Uh, she got the hard copy. 
It's all right. Well, you guys can be friends. Donnie I and my Matthews. My fiance is obsessed. Like where I am with Guns N' Roses, she loves Dave Matthews. And I was just gonna say something else. Are you like a big music person, like or just Guns N' Roses? Yeah. I love well all kinds of music, but Guns N' Roses is obviously the theme of this podcast. So I gotta okay. keep the focus here. One of my favorite bands, I guess my favorite country band is Zach Brown Band, mm-hmm. but they covers of like everything: Metallica, I- Fleetwood Mac, Nirvana. Jones. Not Guns N' Roses, but... They did Paradise City, right? Oh, yeah, they did. No, they did Paradise City. I'm sorry. Not this think, last concert, but they've done it in the past. Paradise City. I and think, they are amazing. They are amazing. I think I've reached out to them before to interview. That's something I always do. It doesn't have to be Guns N' Roses. I mean, that's the the, the nucleus of the show, if you want to get crazy uh, with terms. But I've interviewed... He's from Toronto, Corey Marks, who's a country artist. Uh, so I would like to you know, get on different people from genre, different genres. Like I have had wrestlers on, you know, just to talk about GNR. So I don't know if you want to write some fan mail to, to Zach yeah, Brown. Charles, yeah, Charles Flair and McIntyre. Oh, really? Oh, I love McIntyre. Yeah, he's a great dude. So I'll, I'll tell you what, Donnie, if you want to write some fan mail to Zach Brown and he agrees to come on the podcast, you are more than welcome to co-host the episode. <laughs> okay. Like I said, he, that band is one of my favorite bands. They're, they're just great. They could play anything, anything. Yeah. Very, very talented. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Dave Matthews is talented. It's just not. Dave Matthews. I love Dave Matthews. It's not like GB. I fed you already. Stop it. I'm waiting for him. To... Music. I like everything. So. Uh, I, I she likes GNR. I'm sorry. You, you asking if she likes everything or if I like everything? No, I like everything. I, I have oh. a very range of music that I like. Well, that's good. That means you're a very open. Uh, you have an open ha- mind and an open heart. So that means you're a good yeah, person. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she got the hard tickets of Dave Matthews. She wanted to order them. So I think there might be on the, on the refrigerator oh, okay. now. Uh, that was my long-winded point that she actually ordered the physical tickets for Dave Matthews, which I'm like, those are what those look like. I haven't seen them in years. So, uh, John. Feeny. Sorry, I had to do that once. We talked about it I, before. I knew it. <laughs> the Feeny call. I watched Boy Meets World. Topanga, my first crush. Uh, we won't go. That's a whole other. You know, it's Topanga. She's a uh, Danielle official. She's like a metal fan. We got to get her on the podcast. Let's hear, all right. Sorry, I'm going off. I'm going crazy now. Did you? Uh, uh, you mentioned it at the beginning, but I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna get to it or whatever. Did you? Did you want to talk about hard school and that news or whatever? Remember, thank you. See, I need a producer, man. Professional. <laughs> you need my producer. Uh, so what happened was there was a fan that met. This is uh, posted on a few fan sites already. So there's a fan that met Axel, has a picture together. And you know, let me see. Let me bring it up. Let me actually bring this up right now. So I get it precise. And it's just so funny that Blabbermouth uh, picked this up, actually. So this is, says a uh, fan met Axl Rose after the second Guns N' Roses show in Atlantic City. Uh, she was invited backstage and they had a beer together. Uh, they also said she asked him, she, she asked him about hard school and uh, he played the song for her and that they are releasing it soon. Mm. Uh, her name is Maria Sores. And, you know, if, if, you, if she's a very attractive young woman and you can see why you know, Axl wanted to hang out with her. But the fact that I mean, that just proves hard school is coming out. I mean, it would be a very weird lie. And uh, now Blabbermouth picked it up as a story. 
which I find very odd. So in saying that Guns N' Roses are going to release another new song soon, because I've been getting a lot of messages about, do you think they're really going to release hard, hard school? My response is, why are they sound checking it? I just, I don't think that would make any sense at all. You know, unless it's some really sick kind of trolling job, but I don't, I, I just can't, I just doesn't, that's next level, you know, conspiracy theory. So it's just, it's got to happen, right, guys? We're going to hear Hard School Live one of these days. You both believe that? I, I do. I was just going through the tour schedule, and it's like, well, you know, you'd think they'd want to release it for before they leave the States. Uh, maybe not. Let's see. There was, what, two, four, six, seven, eight, eight shows left in, in America, and then they go to Mexico, and then they go uh, for that Australia tour. So I'm trying to get my head like into the business side of it. Like when would be a good time or is there a special building? Maybe they want to debut it in, in Florida because it's a smaller venue. I, I, I don't know when it's going to be, but I think it'll happen. I mean, and the reason I think I'm hopeful now and other people are is because out of nowhere you woke up and you had absurd like, whoa, what happened? They released a song. So yeah. I think it'll be it'll be something like that where he'll they'll play it live and Axel will go hey check your uh, your you know Amazon Music or iTunes because at midnight you can get this I think it's just going to be the same thing again and then hopefully you know those two songs you know it's leading us in the direction of oh my God could there be an album and uh, with their history of releasing in November you never know I, I would I would hope so Johnny you you believe in hard school do you believe it's going to happen. Is there any leaks about the song? Yeah. I haven't heard the song. So, yeah, there have been leaks of it. Yeah. That I've heard. Okay. So, I mean, it, it exists. You think it's better than absurd? Yeah. I mean, I say that, I mean, I say that quickly, probably too quickly, because it's, it's a more Guns N' Roses song. Yeah, very much. Uh, absurd is something that if you like Chinese democracy, which I do, you are prepared for it. Because you know, and you you're aware of silkworms, you're prepared for it. But if you have, you just know Guns N' Roses, you know Sweet Child of Mine, you know Paradise City, you know all their hits, and you hear Absurd, you're like, it is so out of left field, it is crazy. But with Hard School, it's more of just a, a rock song, traditional Guns N' Roses. And now I um I I brought up the actual quote of what this person uh, said and. It's interesting because of this GNR world, what gets taken down, what's rumor, what's not, because you're seeing some fan sites already take it down. So maybe she shouldn't have said anything. Uh, But I said last night, I finally met Axel. He treated me backstage and we had a beer. Reminded me of other shows. Uh, Oh, I know. I remember he he said that uh, he saw her at other shows because what I'm doing is I'm following. uh, I follow a lot of Spanish speaking Facebook pages because they are the best with information. And sometimes the translation isn't the best. So I'm reading a translation, so forgive me. Uh, that she said, I asked him about hard school and he played it for me and that they should be releasing it soon. And dreams do come true. And there's a few pictures with her, you know, with, with Axel in a, uh, a leopard print, a leopard print of robe. <laughs> Even his robes, man. So, so yeah, man, it's, that's what I, before this, I was telling people it will happen. I just can't imagine there. There are people, again, in this world of deep fakes and technology, you see people recording sound checks from outside of arenas where you hear this new song called Hard School. 
I, you know, come on. Is it going to be like a deep fake? Like they staged the, uh, the moon landing. Like, is that what's happening here? Are they staging uh, sound checks? Like, are we going to go down that, that well? I think you could trust this more than uh, the Chinese democracy album coming out, you know? <laughs> so That's yeah, what's funny about. is uh, they, they sound checked it in Mexico with Axel singing last year. But the problem was it was the last show before COVID wiped everything out. You know, so maybe there was a different plan for something that happened last year, but it didn't, you know, obviously. So, yeah, it, it's it's like you say, Brano, they, they, they've sound checked it. It's been on set lists. There's no reason for that to happen unless it's going to be something, you know. Which just makes it exciting, guys, which is, you know, maybe we'll see it in Baltimore before then, after then. But things are, are different. You know, this is a band that's kind of do, they may not do things the normal way. But what is normal? You know, that's, that's kind of why we've been following them for, for so long. So, uh, John, this was a pleasure. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for, you know, introducing us to Donnie as well. That was fun. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Right on. Um, any, any GNR fans you want to say hi to also? Any? No, because uh, this is the only time I talk about GNR. So, <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot too. So, I'm happy to be kind of, your your vessel to talk to you know uh and in uh and feeny joe just, just thanks again i know we, we've been talking about doing an episode together so i'm glad we can finally make it happen and i'm sure we'll do this again at some point with all the, the things that you've done and have going on absolutely and i the one thing i did want to say is i'm glad that we did this one i think i checked in with you maybe about doing hershey and i'm glad i didn't because i was really dismayed <laughs> <laughs> I might have been all negative and stuff. So I'm glad that I got to come on here and be really, really positive about the show, you know? Cool. Right on. So we'll see if we do a part two Atlantic city. Uh, but again, it was basically almost the same set list, uh, but minus is that Izzy conversation, which we'll see what comes out of it. it. It was still very cool to hear, even if nothing comes out of it, the fact that it's okay for Izzy to be acknowledged and hear Axel say, I've missed that guy. You know, and seeing how happy he is. You see the video of, of Axel. I don't know if he's swinging around uh, Beta's grandkids. You know, uh, he's just like Grandpa Axel now. Um, I don't want to make him too old yet, but he's just a, a different dude. I don't One know. If Go ahead, buddy. Put in Street of Dreams. Just try to fit that in there. It's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it's so like illusions-esque too. Like it would really fit, you know? Yeah. I yeah. can see that they have a lot of... They, they put the, another thing that's we hope is not a GNR troll, but they put up the set list on their social media the other day. And what would you add? They asked, you know, what would you add? So, yeah, Street of Dreams, 100 percent. I would love to. And to see Slash play that. Well, wow. He, he did that a lot in 2002. Street of Dreams. I mean, yep. I, I saw it on YouTube. I know you were there. You know, I, know. I never went there in 2002, but I see it on YouTube. I wish I was there. Well, I wish I saw Perfect Crime. Uh, yeah. So we, we all come together to share yeah. our joint experiences <laughs> to fulfill our yes. in us. That sounded weird. Anyway, so thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see what the next review is going to be. I've got me aside. I've got requests for Baltimore uh, submissions, rather, for Baltimore, for Minnesota. Um, so any review you want to give, just hit me up on social media, Twitter, at the AFD podcast. Facebook, 
just like these guys at the AFD, um, Facebook.com slash the AFD show. Just type in Appetite for Distortion and just find us. We're everywhere. YouTube, email, just find us. I'm very responsive. I'm desperate for attention. That's all I can do. So when's the next time you're going to see and hear the next episode of Appetite for Distortion? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon as the word. security, I'm going home.